Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have a really fun show for you guys today. We are finishing up what we started off yesterday, or I'm sorry, the day before yesterday, and we were talking about, and these are some suggestions and some tips actually we got from uh, Tim Ferriss, and these ideas I thought you guys would really instantly love. Remember, we think of you guys as business owners who happen to sell real estate. That's kind of a different approach mentally and emotionally to the real estate business. And what we found is when you think of yourself as a business owner and that happens to sell real estate, you all of a sudden start, I think, taking a different level of, I don't know, I was going to say responsibility. I don't know if that's the word, but yeah, I'll stick with responsibility. Responsibility for your outcome. You start thinking bigger. You start, you know, you start being more attracted to, you know, great authors like Tim Ferriss, to other folks that are also contributing ideas and motivation for folks in big, huge businesses, as well as, you know, relatively small mom and, top, uh, mom and pop type businesses like most real estate practitioners. So the point is, guys, is when you are thinking about books to read, places to go for inspiration and ideas, do not limit yourself to just real estate. That's an enormous mistake. Expand and go and look at all types of business books, all types of suggestions. Premier Coaching Clients, Julie and I do have our reading list, which, by the way, Julie, we need to update. But we do have our reading list that's on the site, and you guys can read right along with us the books that we're reading. Um, or if you don't, you know, a lot of us, uh, like myself, will listen to books. Whichever is easy, easier for you to consume the information, definitely expand your thinking. This is the perfect time of year to do that. Julie, welcome to today's show. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. That always happens to me right when there's a nice intro like that, so uh, my apologies. But, yes, it's always a pleasure to be here. And as we are moving towards the beginning of a great new year, I want everyone to pledge that it will be their best year ever. And I am making sure that the coaches coach and that our personal clients have an actual specific plan to make that happen. So it's one thing to say it's going to be a great year. You know, who doesn't start the year off that way? It's another thing to define what that actually means for you. So if you guys haven't done your treasure maps yet, Get them done, and for those of you who have gotten them done, make sure you're posting them somewhere that you're going to see them all the time. Just had to shout out uh, that reminder since we're in that time of year. Back to you, Tim. Well, Julie, I wanted you to talk to them. We have a couple emails we want to read, and then we're going to get to what we prepared for you guys. But um, I wrote, Julie, I wrote a thought down, and I wrote this down yesterday. I wanted to share with all of our listeners uh, because it really is important that they approach as business owners, they approach their business with this mindset. The conventional way is hope for the best and prepare for the worst, right? Isn't that what all of us are taught? I certainly was taught that. It's just sort of kind of like an old West, you know, Midwestern saying that's been around forever. Who knows where it originally came from? Probably some famous president or somebody said it. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. But what I want you guys to do is I want you to prepare for the worst first and hope for the best second. What I've noticed that happens, and I see this from coaching clients, is that they spend way – they basically will stay in the hoping mode. You know, Julie just said, uh, you know, hope you know, next year is going to be your best year ever and all the rest of it. But how many of you are actually taking the actions to make sure that's going to happen versus just sitting around thinking about all the ways you hope it will happen, you know, all the things that you hope will happen, the people that you hope will list with you, the people that you hope will end up buying a house with you? How many of you are actually working off hope more than you are actually off of a plan? It's really, really critical that you prepare for the worst first. Now, 
Do not get screwed up in your head that somehow by preparing for the worst, you're going to create the worst for yourself. That isn't actually how it works. By preparing for the worst, what I mean is have all your bases covered. Be frosty, or in another way of putting it, be over-prepared. And this, again, as it really is the perfect time of year to be catching up on all the things you need to be doing. One of the elements of the real estate treasure map, which all you guys get for free, all you have to do is fill out the form, uh, joinharris.com or timandjulieharris.com. Just fill out that form. We'll give you that book along with five other books. Um, one of the first things in there is talking about how to prepare your office. Every single one of you need to be doing that this time of year. Um, you know, Everything in your office needs to go. All the old files, all the old awards, all the old, you know, platitude posters, and all the old, you know, everything needs to go. Just clean it out. Your office needs to be essentially like the most stark, modern, boring-looking environment. The only thing that really matters in your office is, Alex, we ask you to set it up in your real estate treasure map book, you know, the dry erase boards, your desk, the computer, the phone. You need to keep it clean. You need to keep it pure. You need to keep it so that when you're there – you're focused on what matters most. Huge, huge advantage to those of you who understand that and embrace that. Another little suggestion is to stand up desks and whatnot. So make sure you get the Real Estate Treasure Map book. Fill out that form. Now, Julie has a, another, I think, uh, sternly worded suggestion for all of you uh, with regards to holiday pop-ins, Julie. Ah, yes. You know, it's amazing how many great stories I'm hearing from the coaches and from our clients and emails from all of you guys about the response to the wrapping paper project, which we've highlighted in the past, super simple to put together, inexpensive. Um, you can find these, our members can find this on our private Facebook page, some of these ideas. Uh, Coach Rochelle put up a really cute thing with little water bottles that have been turned into reindeer with some simple pipe cleaners and stick-on eyes, and she's going to deliver a tray of those, you know, maybe 50 bottles of water to new build reps that she has been working with um, to past clients, centers of influence, people in her neighborhood, you know, it seems it's one of those things where it's easy to say, oh, you know, that's kind of a cheesy idea. Why would I ever do that? Well, when you start hearing about the fact that people are really building their pipelines and that they can attribute, hey, yeah, I'm planning on listing the beginning of the year. I'm so glad you popped by. Or a new builder relationship where they're going to give you some of their, uh, you know, their listing leads when somebody comes in to build a home and they've got a listing to sell, all kinds of interesting business and things that can be used this way. Of course, your title agents and your mortgage people. And, you know, if you're working with mortgage guys who are not sending you people who do get pre-approved before they start looking for a house, you might be working with the wrong mortgage guy. So think out of the box. These are all very inexpensive ideas, and time is running out for you to execute on this. None of what we suggest, either in the Premier class or on the Facebook page, is going to cost you much money. So really there's no excuse, and it does get you the heck out of the office. I always joke that you know if you do when you do leave the office, you're likely to, say, bump your head on a lead, more likely than sitting behind your desk, right? So get out there and make some personal contact. That is my holiday smackdown get into action. <laughs> so that's, nice as, that's as direct as Julie wants to be on the radio during the holidays. But so here, here, here's the thought, Julie. I'll summarize it in a more direct format. When your neighbor sure. lifts the house with your most the agency you, you hate the most in, in your marketplace, when your neighbor, I'm when your mother lifts her house with, with her with the realtor who sits next to her at church who just got her real estate license, when your uh, whatever decides not to do business with you. And you decide to hate on that other agent, or you just see the other, some other agent in your office, all of a sudden take five or six new listings or put a bunch of stuff in contract in March, 
you know, February, March of next year, you know, you have nobody else to blame but yourself because we've been giving you all the exact steps, the action steps you needed to be taking to lead up to a fantastic, fantastic 2017. As Julie was giving you that idea, Julie, I'll tell you where my mind went. I was wondering, sure. I was thinking, honestly, that there literally are thousands of people that are going like, yeah, girl, I'm all over this. And then there are probably thousands of others that are saying, oh, no, that's not my style or, oh, no, I'm going to wait until – I'm going to stop me. I'm going to wait until spring until I decide to do anything. Or, oh, Lord, I don't want to go knock on people's doors. What will they think about me? Or what will I say? Or all the rest of it. Do you guys see the difference? Yeah. Well, so you guys are creating your destinies right now with the actions you decide to take. You really are. It's not that difficult. Listen to yesterday's Superstar interview that we did. Uh, Great gal. Very, I think, motivational. Uh, Juliana was her name, and she was really focused on the fact that she really truly does enter into relationships with a mindset of service, with how can I help you. And it isn't just a platitude. It isn't just basically her just passing gas. It's actually her sincerely showing interest in folks. And and listen to that interview. If you're one of these folks that are just saying, well, not my style, going to wait till next year, don't want to you know, seem like I'm a salesperson or I'm desperate or all these other things, okay, well, then how about you seem like the person that's actually can, uh, caring and you know, wants to show your appreciation for other people that you know, care, and, and love during the holidays. You can do that, right? You can do that. Of course so. you can. So do it. Get off your butts. Don't just sit there. I don't care how much snow's on the ground. I don't care how cold it is. We're from Ohio. Trust me, I know what it's like to have to slept outside when it's cold out. Do it anyway. Sure. It'll make a huge difference, and it'll make you feel better. Don't just wall up in the next three weeks and expect somehow magically the clouds are going to part about, right about the same time you're looking for your next commission check. Make it happen. Um, guys, Real Estate Treasure Map is going to get you there. Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate is going to get you there. You can get all these books for free. Simply fill out the form. So, Jules, let's pick up right where we left off the day before yesterday. And we were talking about, in essence, that the, the really nine habits or nine things that business folks, but specifically, obviously, in our wheelhouse, agents do that they must absolutely positively stop doing if they're ever going to build any sort of really meaningful business. So, Julie, I think we left off on point number five, didn't we? I'm Isn't point so. number five yes. the next one? And this is so true in real estate, right? Uh, so, again, we're uh, adapting Tim Ferriss's points, and he he wrote – Here's the point. Do not check email constantly. He calls it batching. That's also a term from Getting Things Done. That's another great book. And check at set times only. Batching means that you do the same task repetitively. You don't go from thing to thing. You don't go from your email to your voicemail to talking to a client to petting your dog. You're batching things. You're doing all the email at once and banging it out. So he writes, I belabor this point enough. Get, he wrote, get off the cocaine pellet dispenser and focus on execution of your top to-dos instead of responding to manufactured emergencies. I mean, I don't think I could have put that any better. Manufactured emergencies. Real estate is full of them, right? So there are no life and death circumstances in real estate, but there are a lot of instances when agents try and turn it into that. It's almost always agent-induced. It can sometimes be prospect or client-induced. But get off of what he calls the cocaine pellet dispenser of, you know, incessantly checking your email constantly and instead batch it. So decide that you're going to spend, say, a half an hour before noon getting caught up. You know, you've probably got some open deals, things that are mission critical, and then you're going to do it again in the afternoon and again in the early evening. But you're not going to be constantly doing it. One way that you can manage this is you can turn off the notification in your email 
um, so that it's not binging at you incessantly, right? You could set an alarm for when you do want to get into your email. And you also, what is it, Tim, that uh, maybe you can recommend how they subscribe to getting rid of junk or any of those other, you're good at email management, so... Anything that you would yeah. add from well, you won't let me. You won't let me help you e- manage your email. You guys should see Julie's email box. She absolutely positively insists. <laughs> she blames. That would be naked the, without my but, email. <laughs> we're talking about Zoe, our daughter. You guys don't have to freak out if you're first time listeners. She's just a little three year old. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you do get a ton of junk Already emails. No, there's. I've, I've, I'll find it, Julie. I don't remember, but there is a really cool email service that I put on my email and that I put it on Julie's email without her knowing. That basically pulls out uh, the newsletters, the newsletters that a lot of us get just because we buy something off a particular website or whatever. Then all of a sudden we didn't realize we subscribed to their newsletter, and you're getting, you know, <laughs> you, I, I bought some car part or something ten years ago from some website, and they're still sending me, you know, coupons and whatever. I mean, those types of things, guys, you don't need to be seeing. But Julie, the best way to summarize your last point is going back up to point number two from two days ago. Do not email first thing in the morning or last thing at night, and do not check your email first thing in the morning. That's the number one mistake agents make because because the tonality in the email, what you pick up in the email, that sets the tone. It sets the rhythm for the rest of the day. Do not give up your energy just to some morons in your email. Just do yourself a favor. Don't check it. Okay, Julie, let's go on to point number six, do, and I'll read the title. You read the content. You do not – I, lo- I love this one. Do not over-communicate with low-profit, high-maintenance clients or prospects. Jules. That's right. Do not over-communicate with them. There is no sure path to success, but the surest path to failure is trying to please everyone. So do an 80-20 analysis of your customer base in two ways. Which 20% are producing 80% of my profit, and which 20% are consuming 80% of my time? That's what Tim Ferriss suggested. Now, how do we apply this to real estate? Well, again, the point is don't over-communicate with low-profit, high-maintenance clients or prospects or suspects. So in real estate, this might mean cutting back your communication with your least motivated, most combative, and overpriced listings, which probably you shouldn't have taken. It may also mean pruning back your pool of buyers to only include the ones with realistic expectations, the right attitude, and actual pre-approval or cash. Sometimes it means closing the door to your office so you're not distracted by other agents sucking the life out of your time and your communication. So don't over-communicate with people who actually are not going to create profit for you. I know that might sound a little bit harsh, but remember that your product is profit. And if somebody isn't being coachable by you, they're you know a buyer fishing in a lake with no fish, you know, don't let them suck the life out of your time when you could be spending it with people who actually are productive for you and for themselves as well. Ready for point well, number seven? Well, so Julie, here's a fun here's a fun question. Everybody who's listening, and we have around 160,000 listens. So, of everyone that's listening, how many of you guys have worked with a buyer who never bought? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. learn a lesson from working with that buyer? Maybe that you should have pre-qualified him more when you started. Maybe you should have asked different questions when you started. Maybe you should have, you know, basically chosen not to work with them because they didn't, they weren't uh, pre-approved for a loan. Guys, remember, one of the core elements of our coaching program is that we want, look, we love buyers. Buyers are great, but we want you to learn how to be listing agents, and here's the real bottom line reason why. If you have your choice between a great listing and a great buyer, the inexperienced agent will always say, I want the great buyer because they think they're going to get paid faster, right? I guarantee you 50% of you said, I'll take the great buyer. That's the wrong answer 
because a great seller will produce usually two and three times uh, two or three transactions. And here's the other reason why. And pay attention. This is really critical. I know we have thousands of new or uh, soon-to-be new agents. This is really critical. Remember, I told you this. Never, never forget this. There's no such thing. There is no such thing as a truly motivated buyer. Buyers are always want to buy. Buyers and buyer, there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. They can always rent. They can always stay put. They can always delay their move. They can always all the other things that basically makes it so buyers are never going to be as really motivated as sellers. So just think about that, guys. You cannot ask a buyer. If you were to ask a buyer, do you have to buy or do you want to buy? A buyer always is going to say, then the real answer is, I want to buy because there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. Oh, Tim, what about a relo? They can rent. What about a 10, uh, 1031? They can pay the taxes. Okay, guys, there are no such things as buyers that have to buy, but there are sellers that have to sell. A seller that has to sell, lots and lots of good ones. You guys can think of them, financial distressed, have to sell because they can't afford the payment. There's the people that don't want to own two homes at once, folks that are about to close on new construction and the resale hasn't sold. People that inherited properties, lots of that starting to happen as baby boomers, the, you know, all the passing of uh, in the generations and all that. There, guys, there are probably, I don't know, 20 or 30 really solid reasons why a seller has to sell. So in your mind, imagine you're standing in front of those two choices. You have the buyer that has to buy, or you have a buyer, a great buyer, you know, everyone would say that's a great buyer, and you have a great seller. And you ask the buyer, buyer, do you have to buy or do you want to buy? And I don't care how great you think that buyer is. The answer is always going to be want to buy. Want to means it's a choice. Now you ask Mr. Seller, Mr. Seller, you have to sell or do you want to sell? And the seller says, I have to sell. That means that's going to be somebody who absolutely positively is going to do everything possible to get that property sold. You guys see the difference? That's the reason you'd rather, if given a choice, if given what choice, what path to follow, put in the time, put in the effort, become a listing agent. Do not think you have to wait. There is no delay necessary. How do I know that for a fact? Because Julie and I sold real estate in our first year. We're in our 40s now, but when we were in our 20s, when we were in our 20s, we sold 100 houses our first year in the business. National Association of Realtors, Rookies of the Year. You guys, a lot of us, you know, that's now a long damn time ago, right? But the fact is, is that we did it, and we did it with sellers. We did it by doing the same exact things we're asking all of you guys to do. So please do not confuse what a really good lead is and convincing yourself that buyers are the path they're going to get you down the road the farthest. Sellers are the way to go. If you have a choice to where to spend your effort and energy, always pursue sellers. Please don't be confused about that. We love buyers. Buyers are great, but your best energies need to go towards taking listings. Uh, Julie, we're on point number seven. Seven, do not work more to fix the phenomenon of overwhelm. A lot of you guys fall into this. Prioritize instead. So if you don't prioritize, everything seems urgent and important all the time. If you define a single most important task for each day, almost nothing seems urgent or important all the time. So stick to the fundamentals. What are those? You guys should have memorized by now. Lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualification, presenting, negotiating, closing, lather, rinse, repeat. And if you want to memorize that, it's easy to think of it in the logical order. Lead generation comes first. That leads to lead follow-up, which means you have to pre-qualify, which should make it so you're presenting, negotiating, and closing. Lather, rinse, repeat. If it's not on that list, you need to put a U-turn in your office as you leave your door with that list on it. If you're not doing something to do with that, then you're getting distracted. You're responding to you know, putting fires out or somebody else's drama. 
It's all about that list. That's what leads to profit. Make sense, Tim? I love point Phil's, I love point number eight. I love point number <laughs> eight, especially because it comes from uh, Tim Ferriss, and he's you know kind of a tech guru type. But I also love point number eight because I've been uh, employing point number eight forever. Um, so point number eight is Julie. Point number eight is do not carry a smartphone 24-7. Oh, but I'm in real estate. I, my phone is my life. Now, Tim Ferriss recommends that you take at least one day off of digital leashes per week. Turn them off or leave them in the garage or in the car. Change your voicemail so that you say when you'll call people back and then follow what you say. Follow up with urgency, not with emergency. There is a difference. And yes, you can cut that leash. There's something you're watching, uh, what is it, Sheriff Longmire doesn't even own a smartphone, so he never has to leave it anywhere. <laughs> that would be one way. I don't recommend that for real estate. That, that's the extreme that's like version. Binging. Go ahead. Well, but, but let's talk, I mean, Julie, let's just drill down on that just ever so slightly, guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. And, well, you know, I do know about you. If you're younger than us by probably even five or six years, you have gotten socialized and conditioned to believing that it's okay to walk around or be in conversations with people while you're checking your voicemail or your email or your you know, sending chats or whatever the hell you're doing on Instagram, right? I mean, you guys have gotten to the, a lot of younger folks have gotten to the point where they believe that that is the way that you're supposed to coexist with everything else on this planet. People, your family, guys, that's not true. It's nuts. It's crazy. Not to mention the fact it's rude as hell. When you're with somebody else and your damn phone goes off and you interrupt that time with that person to go and check your whatever, because all of a sudden some anonymous ping is all of a sudden more important than the person you're with. What you have you ever actually thought about that? All that is, guys, is that it's a conditioned response. If you guys remember, was it Pavlov or Maslow, whichever one had the dog and the bell and the salivating, you know, psychology 101, that's all it is. We've all been conditioned, brainwashed into thinking that whatever is coming in off our smartphones is more important than whatever we're doing right there in the present moment. And that is, in my opinion, one of the biggest causes of stress and modern humans' lives is the belief that they have to be constantly digitally tethered to their damn phones. I cut that tether. I don't even carry my phone with me. You know, if Julie and I go someplace together, it's her phone, and she, just does, she doesn't even pull it out. She has it in her purse. We don't. We practice what we preach, and when you don't have your phone with you, when you can't hear it, when it's not distracting you, that makes it so that you can have real meaningful conversations with the people you're with. It makes it so that when you're out someplace, you're actually present there. You cannot be mentally in two places at once. You cannot be, and I don't care how old you are, I don't care if you're a millennial, you're still, you know, it, these rules still apply. You cannot fully be present in two places at once. And when you're in your email, when you're you know, on your smartphone looking at Facebook, you are trying to be in two or maybe even three places at once. It's a huge mistake. And what happens is you will actually cause yourself stress. Internally, you will start feeling overstretched. So you know what? We have a – Julie and I came up with a concept of media-free mornings a long time ago. I'll suggest to you guys that you include media-free when you, when you go down that media purge. And, again, a great time of year to be doing that. Go, but just Guys, if you don't know what media-free is, we've talked about it a lot on the radio before. Just go to timandjulieharris.com and do a search, and uh, lots of shows on that. We Add your phone to it. When you're going to go media-free mornings, and maybe some of you are going to go, you're gonna go through a whole you know, media recovery plan, right? And let's say you decide to go media-free for a week, complete media purge for a week. Maybe add your phone to it. Why not? 
detach yourself from all these things, and you're going to see after about a day or two or three that you start feeling a huge weight that you didn't even know was there is being lifted off, and you're going to start having more meaningful conversations with the folks around you, which is, by the way, the very thing that leads to you getting a paycheck. Next point, Julie. Yeah, well, you know, you we kind of pick on millennials about being attached to their cell phones in particular. I will never forget a few years ago, pre-Zoe, PZ, when you and I were at Lake Como, jam-packed with millennials, right? They're all walking around, Italian kind of tradition in between like dinner and evening, you walk at the park. It was noticeable that none this of them were This was 2011, right? 2011, right, or 2012? I think so. <clears throat> Maybe 12. Yeah. But it, don't you remember, you and I noticed, we're like, what's different here, right? Oh, they're actually talking to each other, right? Yes. None of them were addicted to that. And it was the age group that you would expect, but not so over there. So I just that just reminded me of that. At any rate, on to yeah, point number nine. Yeah, it was very interesting and cool. Okay, number nine, do not expect work to fill a void that non-work relationships and activities should Work is not all of life. Your coworkers should not be your only friends. Schedule life and defend it as you would an important business meeting. Never tell yourself, I'll just get it done this weekend. Review Parkinson's Law. Okay, what is that? Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. So if you've got nothing else planned, you're going to fill that void with work. And I think, Tim, that this is something that agents think is normal and almost a badge of honor oh, you know, I haven't eaten lunch in three days. I haven't slept in two days. I've just been grinding it away at the office. That's not normal. That's not okay. That just means you don't have anything else planned, and probably you're going to burn out before you achieve the profit that you should and could doing it a different way. It's one of the things I think, Tim, that makes our coaching different is that we do talk to our agents, and the Treasure Map addresses this through the five areas of life, that we don't just expect you to make great business and help a lot of people. We do expect you to have a life as a result of that. And it's not all just about working. I, I pulled out a little quote from David Allen who wrote, getting, uh, get the, getting Things Done, the Art of Stress-Free Productivity. A lot of people refer to that as GTD if you guys hear that out in the wild. So David Allen in that book wrote that most people feel best about their work the week before their vacation, but it's not because of the vacation itself. What you do the last week before you, what do you do right before you leave on a big trip? You clean up, you close up, you clarify, you renegotiate your agreements with yourself and others. I suggest that you do this weekly instead of yearly. So in coaching, we say have the about to catch a plane mentality on a daily basis so that you'll be more efficient and then you'll be able to, to have a life. But don't you think, Tim, that agents kind of feel like it's normal to be in the grind all the time? Well, again, it's based, your example of being over in Lake Como is a, for exa is a great example. Guys, it wasn't that long ago, right? Four years ago, basically. In Lake Como, Italy, very you know, nice part of Italy. And in, at night, it's normal in Italy for everyone to basically go out into the town squares. Italy is one of the only places that it's exactly, if not better, than you imagine it <laughs> to be. If you've never been to Italy, I strongly that. suggest you go there. Yeah, But they weren't on their cell phones. They were talking with each other. They were communicating. They were connecting in real meaningful ways. And really at the essence of it, what happens is that we have allowed, we've chosen all these distractions to come in, all these external things to all of a sudden tell us that, you know, I am, you know, this buzzing little piece of shit on your phone is buzzing. This little app is telling you this needs to be done. And somehow, somehow we actually have started to act like that is more important than having that conversation uh, with your wife, your daughter, your son, you know, your client. Somehow 
We've allowed ourselves to be tricked. It's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like, guys, it, it truly is almost like we've had, we've kind of fallen under this, you know, this thick cloak of, I don't even know what it would be, electronic Mickey Mouse. And, and under that cloak, you're never going to basically be able to see all the opportunities that are around you. It, it was an interesting, during the last election cycle, um, you know, where people go for news, this was really fascinating. They went to Facebook. Facebook has become the number one place where people go to get news. But here's the thing about Facebook. You guys know this. A lot of you know this. The Facebook news stream you're getting is specifically selected by the, their little uh, computers to spit out the information that it thinks you're going to want. So you're never going to get a fully rounded view on any particular perspective. And I think personally that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such a division in the way people think in our country. It used to be it was perfectly normal that you'd have people that would have sort of, you know, let's call them more libertarian thoughts where they can, you know, basically feel comfortable talking on both sides. And now it's red or blue. It's us or them. Well, look to see how you're helping to manifest that us or them experience in your own life. You're choosing that. So here's what we want you guys to do. Honestly, you've got to take responsibility because you're business owners for your own futures and for your out, own outcomes. Whatever's happening in your life that's, hap- that's working out great in your business, well, you know what? Double down on it. Make it really work at a high level. Know what those things are. And if things aren't working anymore, maybe it's time for you to basically cut bait. Maybe it's time for you to move on and realize that, hey, you know what? Maybe it's the thing I'm trying to do that's not working. And that sometimes does come back to your behavior. It comes back to the specific things that you may have been doing in the past that you thought were going to you know, get you a specific result. And maybe it's, for example, being overly dependent on your, you know, the things we talked about in these last, you know, the last couple shows and these nine points. Julie, anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we round the bend? Well, take it seriously. Get cracking. Make the changes that you wish to make for next year starting today so that you'll be further into that habit by the time you get there. And you'll be away from getting ready to get started to someday possibly implement if you feel like it and it's not snowing anymore. So get cracking and get those holiday pop buys done. That's a great way to just, you know, literally break the ice, right, in some cases. But get your butts out the door and get your visits going before it starts to be more difficult to find people. And then get those treasure maps done, implemented, and start following the schedule that you plan on doing next year and stick to it. Remember, the difference between a dream and a goal is that the goal has an action plan. It's not enough to just say, next year, I hope it will be the best year ever. Better than that is, here's how I'm going to make it the best year ever, and here's what that looks like. Here's what I'm driving towards. You know, yes, there's more accountability in that, but you guys are all well capable of that, and that is our expectation for each and every one of you next year, is that you will make it your best year ever. That's my parting thought. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, listen, if there's anything we can do for you, please contact us directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. This can be the, the staging ground for the best year, if not the best decade of your life. Why the heck not make that happen? Guys, stop looking for more data points. Stop searching for more information. Stop questioning. You know, Don't just put all that bullshit aside. You've got a clear path in front of you. Many of you guys have been listening to us for you know years. You know what we're telling you is the truth. You know we're going to tell you the truth until it hurts, and we're going to do that, even sometimes when it's against our own personal best interest, and that's fine. 
Our mission is to help you. We see you as business owners. We respect you for the responsibility and, and really the, the venture that you're on. We've done it too. We've been there, done that. We want to help you accomplish the same, if not more success than we had selling houses quicker. You know, follow the path that's in front of you. A smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. This is the time of year when you need to be taking the right actions to absolutely positively lock in your success, not just for next year, not just for next month, for the next 10 years, for the rest of your life, ideally, 20, 30 years. Make that happen. It all is about, it's about the actions that you take. If there's anything we can be doing for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.